everybody, Jim and Terry here to talk about Deadpool, Star Wars, Batman, Guardians, everything. We had a lot to talk about this week, actually, so let's dive right in. Star Wars Episode Eight officially commenced filming this week. Uh, they are filming in Ireland. What's interesting is it the video that they released from the set shows them picking right up at the very end of Force Awakens where Rey is offering the lightsaber to Luke Skywalker. We officially have an image now of Mark Hamill out there. So we do, thank we do. you. Thank you so much Star Wars for after the full <laughs> promotion cycle went through on Force yeah. Awakens. Hopefully by now people have seen it. Hopefully it's not a spoiler to say the two seconds of footage in that episode eight teaser right. is the end of that movie. And for the first time we have an official production yes, something of finally. Luke Skywalker. Yeah, we couldn't use actually any of those like uh, pirated images of people taking uh, on their phones. So what's interesting though, is that this is breaking with tradition if... Seemingly. Seemingly, it's picking right up where the last one left off. Yeah, what we can take away, again, like this video, if you haven't seen it yet, it's just a quick snippet of close-up of Luke Skywalker's face, and then it switches over to Daisy Ridley as Rey, holding the lightsaber out, and we hear someone go, and that's wrap, and Ryan Johnson is like, and that's the, who's the director of episode eight, it's like, that's the start of episode eight. So mm -hmm. we can take away from that if that really is what they're filming, then it does seem like this is the first Star Wars movie to pick up exactly where the yeah. other one left off. Yeah, everything has always had a, a jump in time. Uh, uh, Goldman was explaining to me that uh, I always thought Jedi was only a few months after no, Empire. No, it was like six months to a year. Yeah, right? and it was much, much farther along. So poor Han Solo hanging up there on that wall. Like, Again, like, a, like that's like that's a, just why a he was <laughs> Elvis Jabba's palace, such a you know? such a hot mess when he did fall. I down. guess so, yeah. But beyond just that teaser that we saw, we actually got like the official casting information. Yeah. We we know for sure that Benicio del Toro is right. going to be in it, but we also found out Laura Dern has yeah. been cast, and <laughs> I don't even remember her name because uh, she's such a new Kelly Marie Tran. And she is a newcomer. She's done a couple of TV things, but good for you, kid. Coming well, just out of like Daisy Ridley little... really did yeah. nothing before before Force Awakens. Yeah. I'm excited about this character. Do you have any speculation on what on she Kelly Marie Tran's yeah. character? Um, maybe she's some sort of uh, youngling of some kind. <laughs> I mean, she seems like she's in her teens or twenties. Uh, I didn't quite get her age, uh, but she could be. Uh, I, I would imagine she is going to be some sort of. I think she's going to be a good guy. You know? See, yeah, I have two thoughts of it. Like, the one is maybe she's with Luke. Maybe he isn't completely in yeah. solitary confinement. Maybe he has someone who he's been training. Or on the other side of it, we know, or we think that we know that Kylo Ren is going back to complete his training. Right, it, Snoke said. It, yeah, hey, is what Snoke said. So and... maybe she is one of the other Knights of Ren or whatever yeah, you call yeah. those a bad trainees there. A Badawan. Yeah, a Badawan. <laughs> we'll patent that right now. But the Laura Dern casting is also really yeah. interesting. Interesting. And we sort of joked, like, I adore Laura Dern. And she, like, I've had a crush on her since, you know, like, Jurassic Park and October it, yeah. Sky and everything else <laughs> that came with it. She made me cry a lot during Wild. Uh, but it's sort of a joke that she's been playing everyone's mom, like, for the <laughs> indefinite number of years. She's Snoke's mom, maybe? No, no, but so we're like, oh, God, is this the obvious, like, is she Ray's mom? Because she yeah. always plays a mom and, you I know, the parentage not. is going to be important. But you had another cool theory. Oh, I think she played. might be. Maybe she's a mocap character kind of like you know you got awesome. Lupita Nyong'o and everyone like oh you got one of the most beautiful women in the world clearly we're gonna see your <laughs> face no you're gonna play an orange frog you know with goggles um, so maybe Laura Dern is that or maybe she's like she could be both she could be mocap characters sort of a resistance figure um, it'd be interesting to see her play a villain uh, I think Benicio to go to your point about uh, 
maybe Kelly, Kelly's character being uh, a bad one. Maybe <laughs> he is the, because we know he's going to be a villain, so maybe he's the guy who's brought in to finish the training of of uh, of Kylo Ren, sort and of really give sort of a face the evil Yoda, basically. Mm -hmm. I mean, think about it. if you care. <laughs> well, think about it. if you're carrying the kind Snoke of the arc was the of the evil first, Yoda. <laughs> no, he's the new emperor. Because that's think true, about that's it. That's true. If they're following the Luke arc with Kylo, where he's the anti-Luke Skywalker, as we a little phrase we coined on a very popular segment of the show. Um, if he is the anti-Luke, then this is Kylo going to his Dagobah, if you will, to right. train. Um, you know, I think it. What if Benicio is a mocap character? I I like that they sort of kept that stuff to a minimum in the Force yeah. Awakens. I think the characters that really clicked were the ones that you couldn't tell that they yeah. were uh, CGI. Snoke didn't need to be. Yeah, Snoke. He didn't Snoke. Need to be I mean, we'll see what happens when he's more developed. Maz was fine. Like, I, yeah. she was a cool character, but I think the ones we connected most with were the the human ones. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I think you know I, I don't know too much about Kelly. I'm sure we'll learn a lot yeah. more about her in the coming months. But Benicio and Laura, just like what, what great. Just an intern at yeah. like you know the, the resistance base. Turns out this she's, world is a lot different than we thought. Yeah, exactly. I just I think that she's, they're she's both doing such, data entry and stuff. You know? I think they're both such great actors. And you know, spoilers because I always feel the need to qualify this with a spoiler <laughs> warning. But when Han Solo dies, you lose one of the older actors in this cast. Yeah. And so I think it's really awesome that they're supplementing that with some really really talented. Um, other yeah, actors. and his name was just a subtle this rumor. His name is not mentioned in the press release. They've never quite done flashbacks. I mean, they did the thing in Force Awakens, which is almost more like a nightmare kind the of vision, scenario. Yeah. The vision, yeah. Um, so, I mean, maybe they would have him do that. But Whatever, they're breaking it. all the rules in this one. He's never, I can't up. see him being tied in, though, to anything that would actually use the Force to have him show up. I feel like that's reserved for like people kind of more Force-sensitive, and Han was never Force-sensitive. Right. As far as I, mean, I remember. Maybe if we're going with the whole like nightmare torment thing, maybe whoever is training Kylo will like torment him yeah, with yeah, visions that could be of his father yeah, when he was a kid him, and yeah. stuff. There's that uh, amazing little comic that's Chewie and Kylo growing up. And, like <laughs> yeah. I just keep flashing back to that. Like I'm like, you must have been so cute at one point. Uh, but <laughs> and lots then of cool, you grew up to be that. <laughs> yeah, lots of cool Star Wars stuff to look forward to between yeah. this, and I'm sure we'll be getting a lot more Rogue One stuff. Did you see too. the little... Uh, cartoon meme of uh for Valentine's Day of little Kylo writing a Valentine to Ray, Ray, I hate you, die or whatever. <laughs> no. no, but Kylo, we will have to look you know? that up because that is very Jim Baveda sense of humor. <laughs> I love that. I, I love the dark sense of humor. <laughs> but I think it's really exciting now that, you know, episode eight officially underway, uh Luke Skywalker back. Hopefully more than uh, just, you know, he actually speaks this time. <laughs> yeah, what if he left and he, you know, he had such a traumatic thing that he can't speak anymore and like he's mute for the entire movie. Easiest, easiest Mark Hamill film role he's ever done. I don't know. That's a lot of, that's a lot of expressions and acting, and stuff, you know, with the face. The acting with the face and the thing on the <laughs> island. So, all right, so episode eight, now filming. Uh, actually really curious, what are some of your guys' biggest questions that you want answered in episode eight, uh, let us know in the comments. Let's move on to the little movie that could, the thing that is now number one at the box office. Smashing records. Smashing records, Deadpool. Deadpool is just kicking ass and taking names. And I I'm happy to admit to being wrong for the longest time. A lot of us were like, oh, it's probably only gonna appeal to fanboys and 
boy. Turns out everyone's a fanboy. <laughs> it, it turns out everyone loves Deadpool. It's, it made, uh, over the four-day weekend, because it was a federal holiday here in the States, President's Day, made $152.2 million, $135 million just over the regular weekend. That's more than the Wolverine made in its entire run. More than any of the X-Men movies, right? Biggest opening of any of the X-Men movies. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, my God, it's like Insta-franchise. So are you shocked by this? Um. You know, I will say I liked Deadpool. Yeah. I didn't love it. It was yep. like one too many butt and penis jokes for me. But I also, <laughs> I you clearly haven't listened to enough Keeping It Real. From back <laughs> in the day, that's Listen, you, you know, I need it only from people who I know. Um, but I also like completely respect it for being exactly the movie that it wanted to be. Yeah. And I think it's really rare when we see a passion project like that that's on that scale. Like, we see some superhero passion projects, but, you know, yeah. across the board, usually they're like money-making machines. And I think the fact that Ryan Reynolds was at a 10 in every yeah. scene of that movie. Like, he lived and breathed that movie. He's I think like that's Jim what made Carrey it work. like Jim back in the day, like that amp. Yeah, and so like, I completely respect it for that, and I'm really happy at its success. And I think yeah. what's interesting, we're gonna talk about the R rating and how it was such a, a high-grossing R-rated film, but James Gunn, who directed Guardians of the Galaxy and is directing Guardians of the Galaxy 2, wrote a really interesting Facebook post, I don't know if you yeah. had a chance to see it, where he was talking about how he's concerned that people, Hollywood would, will take the wrong lesson from this movie, right. and that the lesson will be, oh, like more violence, more breaking the fourth wall, more, more raunchy humor yeah. at an R-rated rating and not that it was a passion project. Yeah, and he was that saying, it was original. Yeah, and he was saying that a lot of people were ripping off Guardians of the Galaxy in all the wrong ways as well, where people yeah. were missing what worked so well about that story. Do you think that's a, do you think he's, not to get off the Deadpool tip here too much, but do you think he's throwing elbows at Suicide Squad there? A brief moment. Like, yeah. he, he makes some comment about how, you know, they're just throwing, like, pop song. Yeah, or... like big rock songs over, you know, snarky trailers, which I felt a little bit was that, but at the marketing t side yeah. of it, not at the movie. But I thought it was a really interesting point. And what was funny is this went up and people were talking about, oh, everyone's going to be making R-rated superhero movies. And suddenly we find out the Wolverine yeah. or Wolverine 3 or whatever yeah, it's called at this might point. Be, might be R-rated. Might be R-rated, yeah. yeah. I, I think... From Fox. You know... They could get away with that, but considering the Wolverine was actually the lowest grossing of all the X-Men movies, and that Deadpool made more its entire opening weekend than that movie did in its entire run, I don't know if it, they'll actually, you know, bite the bullet in that one and, and do the R rating. I mean, they could do maybe a limited release of, of an unrated cut just theatrically for fans, but I don't know. I mean, I don't know if... I'd actually see Fox going that far. My problem is that I feel like the Wolverine movies haven't known the right tone to stick with. They yeah. haven't been able to sell that in Deadpool with all its raunchy humor and everything that comes along with it. Like it knew its tone and yeah. it leaned into that and it sold it and yeah. you it was fun, you know, whether you loved it or liked it or you know anything else. Like it at least totally leaned into that and yeah. I think you know, if they can find the right tone for Wolverine, then yeah. great, but don't just slap an R rating on it because it worked for Deadpool. Yeah, just, you know, it's, if it's just ultra-violent for the, the sake thereof, I mean, I also feel like there's a downside to that, too. It's, you know, Wolverine is the public face of this franchise for, you know, the time being. This is going to be his last hurrah. 
And I understand the fans want like the ultraviolet of him just, you know, violent, ultraviolet, <laughs> ultraviolet of him just carving up people. Little but, bit of the old but, you know, they had the theatrical cut uh, Blu-ray of, of the Wolverine. So I don't know. I just don't know if that's, if that's how Fox is going to close out that character's cinematic run. But at least we do know we're getting Deadpool 2 and we're yes. getting Cable in Deadpool 2. Yes. I didn't even see that in my screening. Yeah, well, apparently uh, there were... Uh, the, the early press screenings had a different tag at the end or it was missing that other part. I'd seen it at like a, a very early cut, like my, the cut that I saw still had so much special effects work left to be done and it was only weeks out. So they either showed us a, a, a dub of the movie that was an older dub and they had a, a further along cut, but the one I saw did mention, oh, and if we do a sequel, Cable's going to be in it. Mm -hmm. and then you see over the you know opening weekend, Stephen Lang, the bad guy from Avatar, and he's been in a bunch of things, um, you know, flexing his muscles in the gym. An older man, a silver fox, as we say, <laughs> of older gentlemen, and, and you know, who look good. Um, he's totally lobbying to be Cable. I will say, like, I don't know a huge amount about Deadpool in the comics, and I was reading up a little bit about Cable when this came yeah. out, and it sounds like just based on, again, like, I'll do a deep dive when we <laughs> get closer to Deadpool 2, but it does sound like this is a character that they could really weave into some of the other movies that they're working well, on. Well, yeah, I mean, he is Cable, uh, if you guys don't know, and I, I my understanding, my knowledge of, of Cable is a little cursory. I kind of checked out a little bit in the 90s on, on the comics because they were getting more expensive and frankly I just didn't like a lot of the gimmickiness or even the we looks of some you. of those characters. And we'll get to the 90s in a minute, but um, you know, it's I, I feel like he is a character uh, because his parents were Scott and Gene uh, Summers, you know, Gene Gray and Scott Summers, Cyclops and, and Phoenix. Um, and that, you know, he was the leader of the X-Force, and so now Ryan Reynolds is like, hey, you know, one of my priorities is getting that X-Force movie to happen, another Rob Liefeld uh, thing. Um, you know, I think he he could become sort of like a Wolverine-type character for, you know, your gruff, tough guy who can kind of be a foil to some of these lighter characters. And, uh, you know, Deadpool and Cable had uh, uh, a comic together for a while, um, so it makes sense that yeah, you'd want to bring in this other this sort of other sort of character, and uh, you know they were trying to do that a little bit with Colossus and in, in right. this movie, but you know actually have a, a face, a human kind of element that he can interact with. Um, but yeah, no, I think it's I think it'll be really interesting to see what is the next step for the X Men franchise, uh, and and sort of how wacky does it get now when Deadpool is your biggest thing. Are we looking now at a tonally more lightweight X-Men franchise? Let's face it, those movies have been pretty glum. They've had humor, but I mean, the next one is X-Men Apocalypse. I mean, <laughs> come on. Yes, it's set in the 80s with brighter It's going to be hilarious. Still, <laughs> it's just, I hope that's exactly the tag of the next trailer for it. It's hilarious. Um, one, uh, one thing I want to talk about, about <clears throat> excuse me, the success of Deadpool. And it is a massive hit. Yes. Uh, it was over 200 and, yeah, let's see, 285 million worldwide, okay? Um, it got me thinking. 90s nostalgia, okay? Deadpool created in the 90s. Uh, the next X-Men movie uh, going into production is Gambit, Channing Tatum, another 90s character. Um, and 
just last year, Jurassic World, The Return of Jurassic Park, which came out in the 90s, huge hit, okay? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I know it's a bit of a cheat. It started in the 80s, but let's face it, it was huge that, in the 90s. that cartoon in the 90s is really what made it even more universally kind of appealing. And then we have, um, uh, oh geez, uh, Power Rangers coming up. Mm -hmm. you know, th there's all these sort of And even on properties. TV, like they're bringing the Powerpuff Girls back. Like, yeah. and there, there's a bunch of stuff where it is sort of this 90s revival. I, I do feel like the, the 80s nostalgia that feels so much of pop culture now is they're, they have to hang up those guns now. I mean, I really do feel like 90s nostalgia is driving the marketplace well, it makes sense. someone who grew up in the 90s. It's true. I was very much a 90s kid. And if you think about it, like the past 10 years have been dominated by 80s nostalgia, as you've said. Yeah. It makes sense that the the big target audience that poured all their money into that is going to be right. now 90s kids. So it does yeah. make sense to lean into that. I'm curious to see what more comes out of it and, yeah. and what elements they can do. Maybe it's just a matter of like really nailing video game movies and figuring out how to do that. Like what the next big comic right. book movie franchise, uh, like movie adaptation that blows up is going to be. I think that's why Gambit is, is such a gambit. It's, it's <laughs> like, it really like, if they can nail that, like they nailed Deadpool, now you have your two 90s anchors there for the, the next iteration of the X-Men franchise. Uh, and just in terms of like 90s nostalgia in general, I mean, Jurassic Park is back with a vengeance. That's not going anywhere. Um, are there any particular kind of 90s things that you would like to see them bring back? Uh, my favorite things in the 90s were Pokemon and Sailor Moon. And no, I do yeah. not want to see a live action adaptation for <laughs> really? them. Really? I'm perfectly happy with like the video, the Nintendo video game for, for yeah. uh, but actually we did get a Sailor Moon <laughs> reboot last year that came out in anime All that right. came back. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's an interesting conversation for a later day. What would we actually like to see brought back from the right. 90s? But I guess the bottom line is it's a 90s nostalgia world and we're all just living in it. I guess so. <laughs> uh, we're, we're curious what 90s properties you want to see brought back and what um, and so far of the the rise of the the 90s nostalgia which one has really gotten you the most I'm assuming it's Deadpool but maybe it's Ninja Turtles maybe it's maybe you can't wait for Power Rangers I just want to know let us know in the comments um, let's move on to other big comic book movie things. Can we can talk I, about Batman vs Superman Donna Justice? Uh yeah, we can. Okay, I know like I've been a little bit of a skeptic about it. I finally watched the last trailer. Mhm. Mm I wish they led with that. Yeah. That's such a great trailer. It is. It's and fun. we were talking about it like they they should have led with with the Batman of it all, but what if their initial trailers were this one that's so Batman focused at the beginning and then another one that's really Superman focused at the beginning and it really was like the verses of it all because I feel like we haven't seen a trailer yet that fully helps us to understand what the balance of these two right. characters is going to be. I really like this trailer. It's the first thing that got me like genuinely fully excited for this movie. Yeah, you have been kind of on the on the 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 skittish side about the movie. You and a lot of other folks. Do you, do you think this trailer has it actually really made you optimistic for the movie or are you still sort of like uh, I don't know. You know, it's the first thing I saw where I was like and I'm sure that I'm going to get a lot of crap for saying this, but that made me think, oh, this could be more than a big mess. Because yeah. it, everything that I saw before made it seem like it would be a bit of a mess. Um, I It might have come too late to change people's minds. Like, I know... It, 
I probably, in the mix of doing everything else that we were doing, I might have missed this trailer because it wasn't yeah. the first trailer. It's the last right. trailer. I'm like, I feel like I understand what this movie is. Uh, but, you know, it could come out, it could defy expectations like Deadpool yeah. did yeah. and and really stick the landing. I know a lot of people are really excited about it. Yeah. I know, I think, especially I mean, within really, IGN, I'm a bit in the minority on yeah. that. Uh, so I'm really, I am excited now. I'm well, I do feel like the... Uh, do you think that last trailer, though, the one that revealed Doomsday, did it, was, is that damage irreparable? I mean, you kind of answered a little bit with that question, but I feel like, you know, that's that's a lot to forget about, you know. While you're watching this trailer, you still know, well, Doomsday shows, shows up in the end, and we know how Wonder Woman plays into it now, and... Or at least we have a better idea that, you know, Batman di didn't even know who Wonder Woman was. I right. thought it was how they knew each other. And nope. Yeah, I mean, the other trailers did reveal or seemingly reveal a lot of the plot. Yeah. Uh, we'll see how it all yeah. plays out. Some trailers we've seen, like the first Iron Man one was pretty much the entire plot of that movie. Other yeah. ones have been a bit of a bait and switch. Yeah. So... Who knows? I was excited to see, to get Wonder Woman talking, to see a little bit yeah, more of that. I did like the little James Bond flirtation thing that Bruce Wayne had. With I like that too. And also there was a really cute moment that I had to go back and look at where uh, Clark Kent, because he wasn't as Superman in the moment, like f jumped fully clothed into a bathtub. Yeah. Um, which with, oh my God, I'm, I'm Lois terrible. Lane. With Lois Lane. God, I'm terrible. Blanking on that. Uh, yeah. And I was like, oh, that's really cute. Like those are real human moments. And there's that's, there's kind of a rhyming imagery missing. though of we see her in the bathtub in one sequence and then we see her, it looks like almost like she's drowning or she's yeah. getting pulled in. Um, you know, so I do wonder if, if that isn't by accident, if is she, could Lois die in this movie? That would be a really big thing, and I hope not, because I yeah. like Amy Adams, yeah. and I would not like to see Lois Lane yeah. die. Yeah, I mean, that would be, that That would be grim. Come on, that would be, but that could also, you know, that, that could be the thing where uh, Batman sees the human side of Superman and sees, you know, I've been, I, hopefully it doesn't come to the love of his life having to get killed for Batman to be like, hey now, I guess you're not too bad, you know, but, it made me wonder. Uh, I still just, <laughs> there's part of me though that wonders, what if they had gone that more lightweight route with this whole thing and Batman is just completely oblivious to like Superman just being a totally nice guy. If Superman's just more like a Channing Tatum type, was like, oh, Batman, you're so awesome. You built all that. They have their own have version no powers. of they yeah. have the, their own version of the shawarma scene at the end of the movie, yeah. where it's like, wait, dude, I was wrong about you this whole yeah. time. You're pretty awesome. Yeah. Oh my God, you're so cool. You built that car. What? Can't Let's not you get do? too ahead of ourselves. That would be hilarious. And Batman's if it went just that like route. justice, you know, and he's yeah. like, he's just justice. blind to it all. He's like, oh, I now love you, Batman. I'm just you, thinking Batman. Lego Batman from exactly. <laughs> the Lego movie. <laughs> even like, you know, just like, you know, where he's just like, hey, hey, Batman, how you doing? I'm going to get you. you know? but, I think that's the Lego movie, too. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, Channing Tatum is Superman in yeah. that one, so I guess maybe that's what I was thinking. Um, one other thing that jumped out to me about, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm losing my voice. Uh, one thing that it's jumped contagious. out to me, I know, right? And it just splashed me in the face. Damn you, Aquaman. Um, they haven't shown Aquaman in any of this stuff. We know he's in the movie. They have the toys out from him. Why aren't we seeing Aquaman, I wonder? We already have like a billion other characters in this trailer. I know, I but think. what the hell? In for a penny, in for a pound. I know. I, you know, I wonder if it's going to be one of those things where after the movie comes out and people have seen it and how everything fits together, they'll yeah. start doing some of that. I do think that it's a lot to already be introducing um, you know, Batman, 
Alfred, Wonder Woman, Lex yeah. Luthor in this movie right. that for all intents and purposes is a Man of Steel sequel. You know, yeah. it's continuing that storyline. I think tossing in Aquaman, especially if he's not gonna have a huge role, like your big selling moment, your big OMG moment is Wonder Woman arriving. Right. You can't do that again with Aquaman. <laughs> I hope Aquaman though, I hope this intro is like Daniel Craig in Casino Royale, <laughs> where he just gets out of the ocean and he's just doing his beefcake shot. I bet that Jason Momoa <laughs> would be into it. <laughs> you know, just, I just feel like that would be funny. Um, Let's see, what is the, oh, you know what another thing that struck me about this though was, uh, and it speaks kind of to your point of, hey, it would have been nice to have had a, a trailer more from Superman's point of view. Um, how much he took a back seat in this trailer? Yeah, but this also was the first time it felt to me like, oh my God, we're getting a new Batman movie. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, uh, right? So I think they needed that. I think the the balance they struck before wasn't really working. I think they might have been better served by really leaning more into the Batman side or more into yeah. the Superman side and not trying to sell them as, like we know in the title they're gonna fight. Obviously they're gonna be friends. It's Dawn of Justice. They're gonna be super friends. They're gonna be super friends. They're gonna form a league together. <laughs> uh, so I think, I think yeah, there might have been a mistake in the marketing, but it's gonna make a well, ton of money. <laughs> well, okay, well here's, here's an interesting question because a lot of chins have been wagging this week. Uh, Drew McQueenie at, at HitFix saying that he's heard from people who've seen the movie that uh, Warner Brothers is, is scared, that they're nervous, that um, it's not for everybody. I know, I think Latino Review also heard from people, and I think Batman News and Batman on Film, like a lot of people are hearing from insiders who have seen the movie um, that it could be another Man of Steel where it's very polarizing. Like, I liked Man of Steel. A lot of people hated it. Mm -hmm. And it's box office, well, good was not stellar in terms of like, you know, there's a reason why you put Batman in your second movie that could have been a Man of Steel too. Right, and you know, my thought about Man of Steel is, and you might disagree, other people might disagree, that's fine, we're all friends here. Uh, Man of Steel <laughs> felt like it was trying to take the Superman out of a Superman movie. Like it was well, very yeah, serious, it, it was like very dark. That, I agreed, but you also have Batman in a very Batman friendly setting. You're yeah. putting all these other comic booky elements into it with Wonder Woman and Aquaman and yeah. Flash and everything. Cyborg. Yeah, and so I, I think that yes, it might not appeal to everyone, but it might really appeal to the core demographic, which Man of Steel might not necessarily have done. Yeah. And I think we saw with Deadpool, like yes, it looks like a very different type of movie. We didn't think that was a movie for everyone. Sometimes, like the, the rule number one of storytelling is the, the more personal, the more focused your story is, the more universally appealing it is, the yeah. more you try to be universally appealing, unless yeah. it's gonna appeal to right. anyone. So it could be another case of that. But I do think having Batman and Superman and Justice in a title <laughs> means that you're you're getting a lot of just, hitting a lot of different it has points. to I mean this was a super expensive movie no pun intended it was over 400 million dollars it has to make a billion dollars there are like jobs and careers riding on this thing and, and the rest of Warner yeah, Brothers DC of, movies yeah exactly like there is um, a lot of people have been speculating and I agree with it like could this be another amazing Spider-Man 2 scenario where you know, you're talking up this huge slate, and because the movie, I mean, Amazing Spider-Man 2 made something like 700 million. It made more than Man of Steel. And they scrapped Spider-Man moves after that because there wasn't a groundswell for more. Marvel got the character back, all that. I mean, if 
if BVS, Bevis Dodge. We did no, no, we've no, been told we, to we've stop. We've been told to stop doing that. Gonna, right, that that's the Superman. last one. That that's is the it. last one. I'm you sure sorry, everyone who yelled at us. It? Nope, nope. You're not I don't want to get yelled at anymore. I'm doing it. All right. So too much abuse. So Batman v Superman. If if it doesn't make a billion, and there are reasons why. One, the sheer cost and the fact that you need to make two and a half times what your movie costs to make to turn a profit. That's Hollywood math. Uh, it's like the old rule of thumb. But also bragging rights. Marvel has three billion dollar grocers. Uh, Avengers 1, 2, and Iron Man 3. DC doesn't have, I, I th in terms of the current iteration of this universe, right. You know, they don't Which is have still that. very it's one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but they need they need to get in that game. But you don't and think I, I don't know if this movie. I, I think a lot of it it's going to have to really play overseas. To me, the difference between uh, Amazing Spider-Man Two and Batman v Superman is that yes, it had a lot in Amazing Spider-Man Two, but it was all within the Spider-Man franchise. This you're bringing together two major franchises plus a bunch of other franchises and to varying degrees with Wonder Woman and Aquaman yeah, and everything yeah. else. You don't think that alone is going to sell it like the I think the Batman is going to be, I think at the end of the day, and, and from what every, all these other outlets from their insiders that Affleck's Batman basically steals a show that he is, he's the reason to see this movie. And I think that marketing it is reveals Batman that. Batman v Superman, yeah. not I mean, Superman yeah, v Yeah, he got, he did get, Top Billy there, didn't he? Yeah. Um, you know, I think they're definitely, Batman is going to end up being sort of their Wolverine or their Iron Man who is sort of the linchpin going forward. Regardless of how how this movie turns out, you don't get Ben Affleck as Batman and you're not going to recast it and reboot again. Right. I, I, I think they're going to stick with it and just try and use Batman and something else, um, you know, uh, Drew at HitFix was suggesting that, you know, I don't know if if Justice League will happen now if this movie comes out and disappoints. And no, I think it, th th that machinery is too firmly in place at this. And we don't stage. have that much longer to wait <laughs> at this yeah. point. Like it's it's right around the corner. I mean, now. Wonder Woman is filming, mm -hmm. and it's gonna. I mean, there's too much groundwork being laid. They they called it Dawn of Justice. Well, I can't. You can't call it that and then not have Justice yeah. show up. You know. I mean, we'll see. We'll see how it hits. I think that if there's something that doesn't work, you fix what's broken. But yeah, it's, I'm not it's holding my breath guys. for more Superman though going forward. I just maybe think maybe that he'll be the Hulk and just pop up at the end of. Or they or they <laughs> replace him like with Shazam since he's the bright shiny one. It kind of reminds me of the in the '70s they did uh, those superhero roasts and they couldn't use Superman, so they had Shazam. And <laughs> I feel funny. like that's what'll end up happening. Shazam will be basically your Superman surrogate because he'll be the bright shiny. Oshak's all-American kind of guy, and um, you know that could that could be fun, but it's just kind of just kind of funny that you know Superman will I, will he ever smile again? I don't know. I want to know. Um, what's your what's your biggest sort of uh, concern about? Or let me put it this way: If Batman v Superman does stumble, they're already prepping Justice League. Which one of those DC movies that are in the works is going to get the axe? I think it's Cyborg and I think it's Flash. Yeah, I think it could be those. I mean, I was could just going to say. all of them too, I don't know. I but, think yeah. Marvel worked well in establishing various brands for their characters and then bringing them together. Yeah. I think Batman v Superman is a great way to see 
which of these various characters really connect with people right. and which don't. And I think based on that, you know, that could be the the thing that yeah. acts as it. And especially some of those movies are a ways down the road. I mean, you could just end up with a, and I had pitched this kind of in a conversation with Goldman the other day of, what if they do sort of do the thing of like the Batman Brave and the Bold and the idea of, you know, it goes back to the comics and of course that cartoon, uh, but Batman, you know, it was like Marvel team up uh, where one superhero was kind of your regular, your staple of the book, but they would team up every month with another character. Uh, so it wasn't a team book, but it was like two guys joining forces, right? So what if, you know, it's a Batman Wonder Woman movie or if it's just a, a Batman and they bring in like I just think you, you don't overkill Batman. We know Batman sells. We know Nolan's Batman performed really well. That's why people were nervous at first. I think that they were bringing back Batman. Batman absolutely sells. You can't hang your entire franchise on this one character. Well, you I need, are, you need other characters. I mean, but again, I going back to Marvel, Marvel didn't there, have yeah. any of it. It didn't have its Batman, and it really sold those other characters. I think for the DC movies to flourish, they need to sell us on why we yeah. should care about Aquaman and Cyborg and this version of The yeah. Flash. I mean, I think you, you, what, it, what it will take is a, an incredibly charismatic performer, too, because... I mean, Robert Downey, let's turn back the clock here. Uh, he was a bad headline and a cautionary tale when yeah. you got the Iron Man role. Um, you know, and the MCU made him the star he is today. But it was his charisma as Iron Man that dominated, that has dominated uh, Marvel movies until this point. There's a reason why they bring him into everything. Because those three movies that all cracked a billion, all starred him. Yeah. You know, he he has become, and you need that sort of, until, Affleck's not going to be able to do it on his own. Like, Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman is going to have to be, like, really ca capture people. And, and they're going to need, since Superman has been kind of a wet blanket, you're going to need that other charismatic kind of performer and I really do think out. that's the marketing and that's why you know we're talking about and casting too, uh, yeah but people. but yeah. that first Iron Man trailer even though I poked fun at it spoiling the entire movie ultimately uh, you're sold on him as Tony Stark oh, yeah. from the beginning from right thing where he does and the, the fact that the there is such skepticism around Batman v Superman sure we've seen a bunch of really great trailers for really bad movies but you need to sell people from the start on these. I mean, maybe that's where Will Smith's Deadshot comes in. I mean, you got Will Smith. Why would and unless they kill him but off? But Suicide, Suicide Squad, Squad Two was yeah. another case where the first trailer came out, and we're like, "Why is this so serious? This should be more." Fun. I loved it. And it, well, it was the second trailer I think that really won a lot of people yeah, over. Yeah, it did. It did seem to have the more universal appeal on that one. But I liked that first trailer. I liked the creepy, that kind of off kilter tone of it uh but yeah this one the second one was like this is going to be fun like it's not just going right. to be time with psychopaths you know <laughs> like you know it's not it's not going to be a brooding character study of life in prison you know <laughs> <laughs> listen we have orange is the new black already <laughs> exactly uh let's move on from batman v superman and talk a little marvel we have guardians of the galaxy 2 uh, we did kind of mention it earlier it has now officially begun filming in atlanta georgia uh, Just cut to the chase. There's an image. It has Baby Groot in it. It has Baby Groot, people. <laughs> He's back. And and it hit me when I saw that. I'm like, yeah, trees take a while to grow. So, of course, 
you know, and I, I tweeted James Gunn, and I don't know if, it, by the time we had started filming this, I haven't checked to see if he tweeted back, but um, asking, is he going to be Baby Groot the whole movie? Because that'd be, that's pretty ballsy, actually. But what if he's Baby Groot the whole movie? I need more Baby Groot more but merchandise. But exactly. I mean, that stuff moved merch, and it was very popular, and it brings in the kids and all that. Um but he's baby group, but he has Vin Diesel's voice throughout. I mean, that, Listen, that would be awesome. Biggest acting challenge of Vin Diesel's life is turning that deep, gravelly <laughs> thing into an adorable baby group. <laughs> or maybe easiest thing, because they don't yeah. have him talk like he did when he was dancing at the so end. So what, what do you think then of, uh, can, can they actually pull off baby group for the whole movie? I don't think that they will. But I think they Baby Groot is a lot more fun up. than like yeah. prepubescent and like teenage <laughs> Baby Groot. I want to, yeah, I want to see sullen fourteen-year-old Groot who's just sitting in the room. He won't come out or just I would buy that comic. Metal or I would buy that you know? comic. I, I mean, maybe, and Rocket is all frustrated with you. Snap out of it. Maybe, so maybe they're sullen. able to sell it for the whole movie. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I think that'd be pretty. I think awesome, whatever actually. they do, I'm on board with at this well, point. Well, they have Kurt Russell who. Mm-hmm. The, Officially? Officially on board, which is awesome. Uh, They also, you know, they did say that it's about the search for, you know, uh, Peter Quill's real dad. I mean, come on, you don't get Kurt Russell and not have him play the dad. Also, I mean, Kurt Russell and Chris Pratt, they have a similar kind of beady eyes. And and they have that similar kind of. It's easy, though. I think it's perfectly fine. Okay. I think, you know what? Because they have that sort of, they both have that swagger and, and there's a little bit of, you know, Jack Burton in, in Peter Quill too. Okay. I mean, we always talk about Han Solo, but you know, if, if they had made Guardians back in the 80s, like, you know, they did, it was called Ice Pirates, but if they had done it, you know, like, it would have been Kurt Russell, you know, would right. have played Peter Quill. Um, so I think that's awesome. They also announced that Elizabeth uh, Debicki, who was the villain in Man From U.N.C.L.E. and was in Great Gatsby, uh, she is also in the movie. They didn't say who she was, though. Uh, uh, Palm, De- oh, I didn't write down her last name. Damn it, Palm Demeronoff is <laughs> uh, Peter, uh, James Gunn confirmed that she is indeed Mantis, which we all kind of suspected. Um, and then there's an actor named Chris Sullivan who is on the Nick. Uh, he is also in the movie. Didn't say who he's playing. Uh, but you know, we also have Nebula back. We have Yondu. Um, so yeah, it's, I, I, I think I'd mentioned or like pitched this idea in a previous podcast. What if, or maybe it was just us talking, but what if Kurt Russell, because I could see him and Michael Rooker being brothers, like what, what if, yeah, Kurt, I could see them what if Kurt together. Russell isn't like the blue makeup also with the red thing and he's like Yondu's brother. That would be fun. And that's why Yondu was sent to go pick up, uh, little Peter Quill as a kid. Yeah, I'm interested. Like, I think the thing about who uh, Peter Quill's dad is, is it can't just be a big reveal from a comics character. It needs yeah. to be a reveal that means something to an right. audience that hasn't read the comics. Um, so and it's not going to be, uh, what's his name, Jason, uh, J-apostrophe's son, who is, yeah. the, the, I think, the, the dad in the comics. Everyone is confirm that's but, not the but case. But you've mentioned, you know, the many, many guardians who are in this movie. And I saw, I mean, I love James Gunn because he is so active on social media and yeah. he will talk back to fans. And some fans were like, put all in that um, 
thing, his, the thing that he wrote about Deadpool, a fan was like, put all the Guardians in. And he was like, no, you're missing the point. It's not about cramming a bunch of Guardians in. It's about developing the ones you have. And that right. gave me some hope that this wasn't just cramming a bunch of Guardians in right. and that he would strike a really good balance with well, it. Well, I mean, each of, uh, you know, we, we've heard before that Yondu and Nebula are going to be basically part of the Guardians crew now. They right. were in the comics, too. Um, and uh, Yondu was actually one of the, the I believe, the, one of the original Guardians. And I always loved him because he had that giant red fin slash yeah. mohawk thing. But, um, you know, it, it makes sense that each of those characters already has an established emotional kind of rift with two of the main characters. I mean, Nebula and Gamora, uh, uh, Gamora um, and then uh, Peter Quill and Yondu. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it makes sense to bring them back and kind of work on that, uh, on the dynamics that were already established there. And I am curious how Kurt Russell's dad, I mean, Kurt Russell's mm -hmm. dad, um, Peter Quill's dad, uh, probably played by Kurt Russell, is going to factor in with that. He has to be important enough that somehow he's got to be connected somehow to Yondu. And he, you know, it would make sense if he was some sort of, you know, ne'er-do-well too, like, a charmer, but you know the way Peter Quill's mom described him in in the first movie was like he was like an angel. So you know this is why we're all been scratching our heads about that. Like you know we all thought he was Adam Warlock maybe, but probably not. You know. Yeah. Um, and then what was the other the other Guardians thing? Darn. I think we got through it. I all. think we got through I it. I think all. I think that's the stuff. You I know, jumped straight to Baby Groot. Baby Groot is where it's at. Uh, I actually, I want to know, know from you guys, do you want, how much Baby Groot do you want in this movie? Do you want Baby Groot through the, the whole movie? Groot. Do you want to see our idea of sullen adolescent Groot? You know, I am Groot slamming the door, putting on his, <laughs> you know, his, his, his Walkman listening yeah. to, you know. Uh, let us know. I'm, I'm curious to see what you guys think. Um, let's move on to something that, you know, uh, is near and dear to your heart, the Transformers franchise. <laughs> All right, well, I'm totally lying there, aren't I? Don't worry about it because it's <laughs> never going away. No. <laughs> Much like DC Cinematic and Star cookies. Wars and Marvel, yeah. Transformers is never going away. And we found out this, uh, or actually last week, or was it this week? I don't know, it was last At week. At some point over some the Some point in recent memory. Transformers 5, 6, and 7 are happening. We, we knew that, but we have official dates now. It's like 2019. It's like planning for the rapture when you know it's, it is. it's, coming. it's coming. So Transformers, uh, each of them opening up in June. Uh, Transformers 5 and 2017. Transformers 6, uh, and we'll get to that in a minute, in June 2018. And Transformers 7 in June 2019. Transformers 5 is opening against Wonder Woman. And Transformers 6, turns out it's going to be a Bumblebee spin-off movie, a lower budget one they mentioned. Uh, so I got a couple of, and that's gonna open against Godzilla 2. So that's a smackdown right there between those two. They're, they're calling out Warner Brothers. I mean, I would watch Warner that Brothers. crossover. Well, they're calling out Warner Brothers. They, they, they must sense a little blood in the water that your slate, you know, I, do you think Wonder Woman and Godzilla five, are gonna blink and move off those days? Um, I think that it would be really smart for Warner Brothers to move yeah. Wonder Woman because your audience that you are trying to win over, your big fanboy audience and fangirl, but it's gonna, they'll probably skew more towards Transformers 5. You yeah. want them to show up for Wonder Woman. And unless yeah. you really nail this, you know, even In if you Batman, do really nail this, people so, go yeah. see Transformers movies. That's why they're going to make them forever because they yeah. make so much money, especially internationally. Those are billion dollar movies. Yeah, so I definitely think you move that. Godzilla, you know, we'll we'll see what comes of again. It's a Bumblebee spinoff. 
they're saying lower budget from the beginning. We'll see what that means. Yeah. Uh, we'll also also see what comes of the new Godzilla movie. Yeah. I think it'll be really interesting to see which one of those moves and which one ends up being a stronger movie. Well, here's well here's the interesting thing. Uh, Godzilla, the 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 uh, Gareth Edwards one, um, I liked it. I didn't love it. I loved the trailers a lot more than I ended up loving the movie. And a lot of people, I think, felt that way. Like it, it had some cool Godzilla action, maybe not enough, um, but it 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 did meet with a lukewarm kind of response from fans. It made money. Uh, obviously, it was enough to you know get him Rogue One, um, but. I don't know if the appetite necessarily is there for it, and, and they are trying to build up the Godzilla Kong kind of shared universe. Um, but I don't think the Bumble movie itself is necessarily a slam dunk because it depends on. First of all, Bumblebee doesn't really talk. You know, he only channels these different voices from radio and TV and stuff. Um, so how do you make that work, and what is sort of you know who's the human character in that? It's going to need it's going to need something else there to to kind of click with it. But I think it's you know of all the characters to spin off outside of you know Optimus. I mean Bumblebee makes sense. Yeah, he's I just cute. wonder he's if it's friendly, you know? I wonder if it's too late or maybe you know because he did have such a key role in the earlier. Uh, Transformers movies now is the right time, but I maybe it's just that my own dedication to the Transformers movie franchise has waned. Yeah. But I feel like I was much more invested in Bumblebee as a character in the first few than yeah. I am at this point now. Yeah, I, I I can remember. You know, he's obviously key to the first movie. It's a it's a boy and his dog story, except right. the dog is a car that talks and transforms. Just bring uh, back Shia. Well, you know, what if they do? <laughs> what if, what if the Bumblebee thing is like, you know, you know, now Sam Wiki is like, just like, he's like middle-aged and he's working. I'm and just like, imagining he's... Bumblebee walking around wearing the paper bag that says, I'm not famous. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I would love that. I mean, it gets really meta, it turns into like Deadpool, yeah. breaks the fourth wall. Hey, um, if everyone's doing it by the time they start yeah, making that movie. What do you think? Should they bring back Shia for, uh, for the Bumblebee movie, I'm all in on that one. Good luck trying to get him back, but <laughs> if they pitched it in a certain way, maybe he would do it. Um, or maybe they'd bring back Megan Fox. Or what if the Bumblebee spinoff teams him up with the Ninja Turtles? Do you think they're going to do Ninja Turtles? I mean, I why so. not? There have been some rumblings, but hey, well, yeah, why not? That yeah. thing would clean up. Yeah, you know? it would. Yeah, 90s nostalgia. Uh, and then, yeah, uh, so Transformers 7 all the way through 2019. Yeesh, um, that's, that's... Your overwhelming optimism is just suffocating I me. I just, I don't know, man. I mean, I know these movies make money, but at a certain point... I mean, it is a land grab an, with release dates at this point. It is. It really is. It's like we're staking out our claim. It's like, you know, back when the Europeans were trying to conquer the New World. You know, every, every country sent out their ships and tried to, you know, Spain took Florida, England took uh, New England. And yeah. France was trying to get Louisiana. And, like, that's what it's turning into, um, except with movies and robots. <laughs> um, uh, that's about it on the news side. However, we did do have a reader email, and it's, it's fairly simple, but uh, it comes from I swear from if it's someone Kevin. else yelling about my nope, sore throat. yelling. Nobody okay, yelling. Good. I'm sorry, everyone. I'm no, sorry. I've I been raspy sick. voices are cool, man. I've been sick. Uh, let's say Ke Kevin writes in for the next year. I have to admit that my most anticipated movie is Batman v Superman. I'm also the most worried about it. Most movies now I can go in while keeping expectations low, but not this. 
other than comic book movies, what is your most anticipated movie of 2016? Hmm. It's a good one, right? I would say Fantastic Beasts. Oh, okay. And also one that I'm the most nervous about because I really, really, really love Harry Potter. And yeah. I have, I feel the same way. I've been trying to keep my expectations low. I honestly haven't been thinking too much about it. Um, I really want it to be great. I want to feel that same like joy I felt going in and seeing a Harry Potter movie or getting a new book and feeling, you know, so excited to be in J.K. Rowling's world. And right. I'm worried that since, I mean, yes, she wrote it, but it's a spinoff essentially based on nothing. And maybe I don't feel that way. Maybe I'll just be a it's jaded based on adult her heart now. And imagination. I know. I know. Yeah. So what if this ends up to be for Harry Potter fans their Star Wars prequels? Stop! <laughs> I just told you. <laughs> Welcome I was to our world of pain, millennials. So that's mine. How about you? Uh, I'd have to say probably Suicide Squad. Uh, I just think it's. I never thought we'd ever get a Suicide Squad movie. Um, I love everything I've seen so far. Yes, Joker is a huge question mark with the tattoos and all that. But so far, like between Harley Quinn and just sort of the tone of it, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. It is a huge gamble. Uh, you know, I, Rogue One, I don't know, like, it's not episode eight, and Rogue One, I hope it works, I hope it's good, but I don't know who to latch onto yet emotionally in that movie, whereas, uh, maybe it'll be different once we see the trailers, but. Listen, Felicity Jones had me since, like, crazy, so. Well, you I'm know. I'm born. I, I mean, I, I do hope that, and I would expect, and I'm just spitballing here, but I bet you they dropped the, uh, Rogue One trailer in time for May the 4th be with you. So well, even though the movie comes out in, in Christmas. Well, yeah, it would be right around the corner. Well, that was a great reader question. We love your reader questions. Yes, Send us more reader you. questions. What's the email? At keepingitreal at IGN.com. Follow us on Twitter at, at Terry underscore Schwartz, at Jim Vavita. That'll do it for this week's show. For all things movies, keep it here on IGN. Yeah.